everybody. It's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny. Welcome along. And it is a season ace and episode two, 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 episode three of LOI Central. Uh, the league is just flying along. What a show we have today. What an absolute banger of a show we have today. Uh, Paul Jammons and Owen Doyle, who've uh, crossed paths many, many times. And the crossing paths again. And this is uh, Johnny Ward with Dan McDonald. We're in association with Future Ticketing. We're also in association with Collar and Cuff. Uh, thanks to Decky for sponsoring the mailbag. And of course, we're in association with Rascals Brewery in Inchicore. Um, Dan, you've done a lot of the heavy lifting this week. You got the two lads in. This well, week, it wasn't yeah. hard, to be fair. But two fans it, of the show. It's like a, it's like a friends reunited thing. Actually, well, the mm. thing is, I'm assuming they're friends. They may not actually like each other. Just the assumption is that they, they were together at Shamrock Rovers at Kids. Born a month apart. Obviously didn't know each other then. Just but before like Euro 88. March 88 and April 88. Who's the older one of the two? Oh, March. You're March. Yeah. You're yeah. April. And both, you know, started a sort of similar trajectory, sort of at Shamrock Rovers in this, on the fringes, Pat Scully. Both had a spell at, at Sligo Rovers that sort of propelled their career. And both had long careers um, in England or Portugal in Podge's case or Scotland in Owen's case. Uh, before coming home, so Owen obviously recently retired. We've we've had that chat with him. Podge Let's not go over that Podge again. Now. Scoring goals last week, yeah. ending mm. his thirteen-year drought in the League of Ireland, as a as one headline put it. De- denying, um, which is a bit harsh. <laughs> denying me I the chance. In my, in my in my in my I would say in my in my workplace, it was just. I can see how that thing happened. It was just very literal interpretation. <laughs> it looked like Pearl Podge has been trying for 13 years, but eventually he got there in the end, a trying for perseverance. But yeah. top of the table. Keith Donahue's brother Ian took up training like last summer, and I was I said in Race TV, your, your five year stats are shite. And he goes, I'm only training six months to be fair. Yeah. But uh, with, with respect to Podge, when Doyler came back, I, I kind of wrote him off very quickly as like his legs are gone. And I was going to do the same for Podge, but A, he's on the show today, and B, he actually scored at the weekend so just yeah. can't do it anymore yeah I also haven't seen him play but that doesn't really matter that's um. ne- never stopped you before pal. Um, but, but yeah so it's a bit of a different show because we have the two lads in together um, and we're going to do the mailbag we, as people will be, will be aware we throw out the mailbag questions for questions for the lads as well so I know there's a lot of other general topics and things we want to discuss as well from the week that was there's stadium bans and, and sort of uh, eventful results but we are getting the, the start of the league that we wanted. I don't know. I mean, I mean, Doyle Owen, was an inch core. The, for the neutral view, I guess, Owen Doyle, <laughs> what have you met at the start of the season? More the same, really. I think you kind of, I, I think it's Rovers to lose again. And mm. they obviously haven't started well again, like they, they have done in previous seasons. But obviously, the buzz around the place now, it's great. Obviously, being able to see that now from the outside, going to the matches and the buzz walking in, walking through inch core or Tala. It's, um, exciting like you know you see the, the crowds like bustling into the stadiums into the grounds to watch the matches it's it's great but um it's such a like this year like it's a, so much more competitive than previous years mm. I'd say you know the fact UCD aren't in it and stuff so um a good start do you know Doyle they go, go on about like the, the capacity of the crowds and all that but what, what I was thinking like maybe a bit like yourself when you see the queue going in early Friday night what are they what are they going in for here you go into the ground early for what, like, there's like the facilities in Inchicore. There's a little club shop. There's nothing basically. Bad toilets in a club shop, and whatever curry chips. So like, the League of Ireland can't really monetize these people being in the ground early to sell them proper, like, sell them a beer or sell them whatever it is, because the facilities just don't they don't match up. So you're going in early for 
really very little. You're just kind of avoiding maybe a later queue. It's the buzz around the place, though. Mm. You know, you're in, you're watching the lads warm up and stuff, mm. and I was there probably 25 minutes, half an hour before kickoff on Friday. I was there an hour beforehand, it was busy. And it's brilliant, like, just mm. even, uh, for me, obviously, being a, a fan of football, you're kind of looking at the little bits, lads are doing a warm-ups, and you can see people are, like, on their phones, where are you sitting them over here, all that kind of carry on. It's, Do you bring the flares? It's great, you know, I didn't bring the flares, no. <laughs> <laughs> but the, um... Yeah, obviously you'd want, you'd want the facilities to be better. That's all, we're all craving for that. And hopefully over the next, I don't know, it's going to be 20 years, is it, before we really look around the country and, and see these great stadiums. So I think the the clubs and the fans deserve to mm. keep going with it, like keep making noise about it, I suppose. So, Podge, it's good to be back. Yeah, uh, delighted to be back. It's um, a long time away. Um, just nice to be back around family all the time, really. Um, the football is obviously a, a huge bonus as well. Um, but like for for myself to to be back around my family and for my kids and my wife to be around theirs as well is is really good for us. You sound nervous actually. Just kind of LOI Central taking it's too much for you. you know? Yeah, it's a big big job. Isn't it, it is a big day because he was a big, one of the biggest fans of the show we had there. <laughs> well, the two lads would have both kept in touch with the league when they were mm-hmm. away. So that is um, you always would have reckoned there'd be a chance they were going to come back. But this is the thing. Like Podge, did Owen Doyle coming home influence your thinking in some way? This part of you thinking. Oh, something, something, something's going on here. Yeah, yeah, it did. Um, Dyla remembers me ringing him about it as well, and uh, it, it was just he was coming back, and we had a conversation about something, and then we looked into it. But like, I think I, I never really thought I would come back just because of the really? coaching side of it. Um, you know, maybe 120 full time clubs in England and full time coaching roles over there, and you just didn't know whether the league was going to be sustainable over here. Um. You know, I think this year is there's is everyone in the Premier League full time bar one. Drada, Just Drada, yeah, they're, yeah. They're going full time next year, maybe. Yeah, that seems like to be that. the plan. So, yeah, so well, yeah. it's 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 obviously getting better and better. And yeah, once kind of myself and my wife had kids, I think everything changed then really. And then that coincided with Tyler going back, and I knew if Tyler was coming back, there was a reason. <laughs> well, I mean, come on. I mean, let's be honest about it. Like, you know... A few bobbies. You, you, well, but, you, but I'm thinking about it. You just, lads, just, to, just to, it was a few bobbies said there. But, well, to be clear, but, but you lads both sort of left, I guess, first time around when the recession was starting to kick in here and, and the league was sort of... I know you left a slightly different slightly different windows, but I mean, I, I completely understand it from your point of view, Podge. Like, do you, you're probably looking at it going, okay, is... No, is 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 there sort of wages going around there that can sustain me if I go home? There has to be a. a I, I mean, sometimes people are very diplomatic about this, but I mean, it's your it's your living, like you know. I mean, that's yeah, what you have look, to do. It's, it's it's your job as well. As much as it's brilliant playing and all that, it's still your job. And that was the one thing. I'm in the middle of. I'm doing a degree at the minute, and I'm halfway through a three year degree there. So I knew once I signed this contract that by the time the contract finishes, I could very easily still be playing, but. Equally, I'll be finished my degree and get myself myself set up for the next kind of you know role, whatever that might be for me. So, yeah, it was um look, it's 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 brilliant that the league has you know continued to kind of grow in the last few years. Um, there was a bit of a lull, like you say, when the recession kind of came, um, and a lot of the players were leaving. But I think probably one of the reasons Dyler probably said the same. I think everyone who kind of leaves the League of Ireland to go away and play. They always kind of keep looking back on it and, and they always would look at and hopefully, you know, finish back over here again. And mm. like I said, yeah, whether it's two years when I finish or whether it's four years, it's it's irrelevant. It's just nice to be back, back playing over here and probably as well for my family to be able to see me play in the last few years of my career as well. 
Because I think, because yeah. I, I think, um, Owen, like you've said it before, I remember I interviewed a couple of years back, like, you know, you're, you're obviously, I'm sure you can relate to this. You're, you're obviously acutely aware of your contract situation all the time. Like I've got 18 months here. I've got two and a half years there. I've got six months left here. And like, that is the, the, the plight of the footballer when you're sort of in that ladder, like you're constantly looking what's around the corner. I know I slag you about the moves and stuff. And we, like, we have a bit of crack about it. Like you've played for a lot of clubs and, you know, the two of you between you have played for a lot of clubs. Although, although you had a long, you had a long stint <laughs> in Newport. Like you'd be looking at your, I think you'd be looking yeah, at his stint in Newport the going. Yeah. itchy after 18 months. He was able to stay there for a good few years. But, <laughs> you know, you, you, that is the life though. Like you have to always be looking well. What am I going to have in two years' time? Where am I going to be? I always treat it like that. Every contract I signed, I kind of treat it as if this was the last one I'll ever have. And it was a matter of just kind of get through it and make sure I can get another one. That was kind of the, the way I looked at it, constantly panicking. Yeah. <laughs> Whether you're going to be able to sustain your, your lifestyle and your earning a living, doing what, you, doing what you love or whatever. But yeah, that was the, that was the nature of it. Yeah, because I, I was really struck, like Conan Byrne put out this tweet last night, or earlier this week, I don't know when it was, um, and it was a question for football fans. I, I do think, I like this debate, like, would you A, prefer to have a League of Ireland career winning a few leagues and cups and never playing abroad? I think Ronan Finn is an example. Or B, play League 1 or League 2 with a mid-table team, have a very good career there. I mean, how do you like look at that equation from your perspective? There's so many factors you have to take in, but like... <laughs> I obviously not my answer to this but the, like when I signed for Hibs I was offered the same money off Sligo to mm. stay um, but it was a matter of going over trying yourself at a higher level and to see where you can go and obviously then I got rewards from going over and, and doing reasonably well um, but like it's not just the financial aspect of things like like for example Lee, you mentioned the League 1 they're both and they're playing recording this on Tuesday they're both and they're playing Wigan tonight both and are playing 7,000 away fans yeah. to Wigan like if you had seven houses, Rovers will get seven thousand this weekend, and it's applauded. Away fans are going to watch that match tonight. Yeah, um, and there's so many examples of that. Like I played in front of sixteen, seventeen thousand in League Two. Podges played at Wembley in Bullies in the National League. Like the rewards over there are huge. The occasions that you can be involved in, and you kind of have to hope that if I'm over here, and it is true that you could maybe I'll be able to get to the Premier League one day. Mm. Maybe I'll be able to do that. And like it happens for so many players. So many yeah. players do come through the, the leagues, England internationals, loads of them played in the AFL. Um, the reward's massive. It's that so, shop uh, window. It's, it's yeah. always worth a punt. Yeah. Financially, it's much better as well. Like, let's not be, yeah. like, you know, I've never shied away from that. So, um, yeah, it's worth it. Yeah, what about you on that one? Um, similar to what Tyler said there. I think probably the big thing is that, you know, if, you, if you're over here and, and you have a two-year contract and you have a bad year, you know, you're kind of, your options are very limited mm. in case someone wants to get rid of you. Whereas with as many clubs as there are in England, there's always the option of going on loan somewhere or or going somewhere else permanently and, and they're just clicking for you over there. And for a lot of people, they've gone over to England and it's just not worked out for them, whether that was for personal reasons or whether it just didn't suit them. Um, You know, but for us, like Dyler said, there's always, you go over there to challenge yourself and try and make a career of it. And, and, and luckily enough, we were able to do that. And like he said, we played Notts County last year and there was 16,000 in the National League and that's like it's it, it, it's, it's insane. another huge yeah. clubs like they are huge clubs but it was the same like even in League 2 Bradford you know they're getting huge crowds every every week Wrexham are there now as well and obviously they were in the National League last year so it's just it's just huge like there's, there's the, the every eye in England is on the on the, the football league over there Um 
And it's going to get worse, sorry, but just like the money that's going into these lower leagues in England now with this new television deal and yeah. stuff. I know everyone in Ireland, and I'd be, I'd love for everyone just to stay here and watch it because I'm a fan now of the league. But it's there's going to be more players going over. I know we'd all love to stop them, and we'd all love them to be just playing here in Ireland. But the the money over there now that's going to be coming into it again from whatever it is next season on. <laughs> the riches and rewards are great. Simple, rich. yeah. Like, because I know you both. I, I would have known you at various times and chatted to you, and I knew you always both wanted to come home if possible, where possible. But like, I don't know. Five six years ago, it's easier for you to say that you're retired now. Like, if someone at home would come to you five six years ago, with, I don't know, like, I don't know, four or five grand a week in a three year deal, would you like jump at it then, or would you have to even still think, well, mm, you know, there's just still good options here. I can move here and move there after you know with six months to go on a deal do you know what I mean would you have to think seriously about it even the, still the, the weird thing about being here and over there if you if you got that deal here it's like what's next yeah if that makes sense sort of what Paul was saying a yeah, second ago if, yeah. if, if you got four or five grand a week at a club in England your next deal could be 20 grand a week mm. like that's just the reality of it over there like it's someone maybe taking a punt on you on deadline day I was obviously you able to cash pretty, in on one of them so like that, it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So there's all like it's just the rewards are just huge over there. They're huge. You were getting texts on was deadline day last Friday, was it? You were getting your cold sweats. Well, that was League of Ireland transfer. Yeah, yeah, no, not so much. January thirty first, he yeah. still fills the petrol. Fills <laughs> <laughs> the carrot petrol just in case. But it, yeah. it is it is bonkers. When you think about that, like so yeah, it's huge over there. It's 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 monstrous. It's monstrous. Mm. There's clubs in the national league who would be paying a lot more than what teams get over here. Players, mm. the top players are getting over here. All that's are making 15,000 at their game of the weekend. That's because you see, yeah. isn't it? Even mm. the, the, the financial controls aren't as strict in the National no, League. Strict, right. So that's a big part so of it, isn't it? it. And then yeah. when they go up, they worry about all that afterwards. But there's ways around it. Mm. But it's just, it just shows you that the money that is in the lower leagues over there, and it's, it's, you don't have to make it to the Premier If you make the Premier League, you know, you, you hit the jackpot. But if you don't make it, you even get a, a sustained career out of it. Good living. Yeah, you look make a good living, yeah. Because you feel you, like, uh, sorry, Dan, does it, do, do you get attached to clubs? In we were speaking of this, but like, is it literally just? <laughs> no, I can't. Is, is, is it just a rat race? Owen Todd is giving his honest answer, and it's not. I respect it. Yeah, I really respect. It's it. like it's just. I mean, if I work eight jobs, like, do I really care about any of them? Will you do work eight jobs? <laughs> and I don't. I like it confirm he doesn't care about any of them. Actually, that's that's the moment of the season. You can there. get you can get attached. You can get like you mm. can look out for fixtures, but and and results after you leave them, but like. The club will still like there is a chance the club could still turn around and screw you over. Like, if if, if how do you mean you're, screw you over? Well, then? I don't mean screw you over. Mm. is probably the wrong words, but but as in everyone gets said there's there's no loyalty in football from players. But when a player's not going through a good time and they're out of contract at the end of the season, if they're on good money, the club will happily move them on and not care about what their next income is going to be or their next job is going to be. Mm. They don't care, um, and because it's a business at the end of the day. Like as as much as we like, obviously we will. We, we love playing and everyone does love playing it um, but it is a job as, as well at the end of the day because otherwise how are you going to pay your bills yeah but you had a great time at Newport but yeah. it didn't end well and like that's no it didn't, didn't end game. well but even like you know moves and stuff like that I, every time I just be I think a month before that real big FA Cup run for us where you know I was after scoring against a few teams I'd signed a new contract Mm. And I always think back to thinking if I didn't sign that contract, what would have happened at the end of that season? Because yeah. no one was going to pay big money for a 30 year old who had two and a half year or three years left in his contract. Whereas if I was coming to the end of my contract after just scoring against Man City, there's probably clubs yeah. that would have took a chance on it. So I probably could have ended up coming out, you know, financially a lot better off it. But 
you have to take that chance, don't you? And 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 saying when you're off the contract mid season, that's a, that's an, a good extension. You, you you signed it because you just you're looking you're, after you're your looking after your family, yeah. And, but, and that's that's the thing. Yeah, like. but this is the thing because I, I I as I said, I think I spoke off air to the lads like you know the transfer marked website. I'm not sure it's always 100 percent bang on with some of the stats. I think in fairness, some of these sites, even their League of Ireland sort of uh, archive, they're sort of sprucing it up and. <clears throat> It'll probably be accurate in a couple of years, but you actually like can compare two players. So I just put in the two of you. I mean, it, it is sort of extraordinary when you look at it. What struck me was a couple of things. Like one, I think what over like seven hundred appearances, you know, give or take. Um, I think you know Padre has done for over seven hundred appearances, a sort of senior level. Own you know a bit less, sort of six hundred over six hundred, but like you know over hundred goals in English football each. There's sort of differences here and there, like. But actually, like extraordinary careers in the sense of longevity and success. Hardly any underage caps. You had a handful of underage yeah, caps. Four. You didn't. You didn't did oh, you play no, underage no. at all. No. Like it is actually for any like League of Ireland players listening to this in the eighteen, ninety, twenty bracket. I'm thinking, yeah, everyone wants to be Evan Ferguson. But in some ways, you could look at the two of you guys and go, I mean. You didn't necessarily developers. Yeah, you didn't yeah, start from like yeah. you know at sixteen. You're not having everyone banging on your door. Now Anthony Stokes was the standout at our age. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So and he, like, he was a man boy. You know he was he was fully grown at sixteen, seventeen, and everyone wanted him. He ended up at Arsenal, or whatever, and don't have a great career. And obviously us two needed the league here to to get our base and to kind of get us smoothed into professional football. I suppose. Isn't that an awful lot of it as well? That it, talent gets you so far, but like Anthony Stokes isn't a bad. Um, comparison here because you have to deal with Knox as well and ultimately like battle for the next day and battle to see can you actually get the next club and keep proving people that you're good enough of course it's all about just turning up every day and trying your best <laughs> that's mm. I know that's what I did I know exactly that's what Podge did as well um, I know I look back full of like I'm just very grateful for the career I've had and I'm sure Podge will when he's finished and he's obviously can't think like that now because he's still focused on a day to day but um we played a crumbling together and, and really? 16. Yeah. Adam Rooney as well. Adam Rooney, Mark mm. Gordon, Alan Power were in the same team. And me and Dyler were the two latest developers out of that. Yeah. Um, at Crumlin. Crumlin, yeah. So and Adam we, Rooney, Mark mm. Byrne, and Alan Power. Alan, Alan Power, Power was at Kilmarnock, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So we, we would have been the last two that moved across. Um, and and we probably were the last two. I think Alan is still playing as well a bit, but... We would have been obviously the last two that were still there. Adam is assistant manager at Hereford now. Yeah. And, and Mark has just finished. But like we were all, we were in the same school by team together. So we developed very, very late. Why Why does that happen then? Why, why, why people is, develop at different times. It, but is it. Is, it, is it a physical thing or is it particular coaches at a time? Or is it just that it happened organically where you just decided I can actually score goals? How, how does it happen that it just starts to click? Dilo hit it for me to move from Sligo and then he moved the front and then that's where he put <laughs> it that's yeah, yeah. true yeah. Dilo, Dilo, he never played as a striker well, I was a winger at the time yeah. Yeah. I was playing out wide left mostly Thierry Henry yes kind um, of move I wouldn't say that no Terry Henry more like no grafter out there James yeah. Milner at Man City no get out there and just graft yeah. tell us about yeah. that again though because a lot of people would have a lot of people actually probably new to the show like or new, young wouldn't remember those days like, so you were actually Manufactured into a striker. Yeah, I was always kind of the in between player. Mm. Like you would, you wouldn't know one week I'd be playing up front or I'd be out on the wing. Um, with great energy and great work rate and stuff. So they, like Cookie especially liked to play me out on the wing. And obviously, yeah, Podge done very well for the season. Got his big move to Portugal, and um, I think we'd Matty Blinkhorn at the club. Um, brilliant striker, big target man, hold up, but he wasn't prolific. You wouldn't say we were. We needed goals, and one day I used to get the odd goal from midfield or from out wide. 
Cookie just said, Doyle, you're playing in front today. You're our most chance to get a get a goal. And this fourth time the players got a hat trick against Bray, I think. And that was it. Then I just stayed up front. Then did did did, did you think you were you were a striker like when you joined Sligo Rovers? We'll say. No, we saw him knowing that was going to be. He said to me, "You're going to be playing." Well, in your head, but in no, your head, Podge played you? up front. You'd be this, yeah, you'd like, be the striker, yeah, Shamrock Rovers. Shamrock Rovers, Rovers yeah. In your head, I'm a striker. I'm a striker. Yeah, hundred percent. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always thought I was a, a like a striker. Yeah, goal scorer. It's funny, like Stephen Walsh, goal United was thrown up front. Um, what do we start of last season? And he's in his thirties. Hadn't played up front for about ten or twelve years. Got over twenty goals. And apparently, he's thinking like he's come to the end of his career now. Like, is he thinking what could have happened if I'd actually been playing up front? He was playing left back most of his career. Yeah, it's an amazing story. It's, it's actually mad. <laughs> yeah. Like he was thrown up front two 0 down to Watford. Um, I don't think any other strikes were faced. John Coffey just threw him up front, and he ended up scoring more goals by everyone except um, Ronan Coughlin. And he was so so good. And it's just I'm doing. He doesn't really give interviews. I'm doing. I do wonder. Like, does he think about this? Like, have I regrets here? Because I could have been going United's all time top scorer. Yeah. It's interesting, yeah. He did have the interview with him, see where his head's at with it. But mm. it's good to have a goal being an intersection into yeah. your story as well. I wonder when it was going to be. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. You know, it, it is genuinely a team though, with like. the lads here. But mm. I mean, would you have been? Um, I just, I mean, it's a hard question to ask, but are really you surprised by how the other has done? If you know what I mean, would you always have thought like? Because well, I, I have a good question. Like though. over four hundred senior goals between you, over thirteen hundred appearances. When you're kids in the the Rovers dressing room, like your rivals as well, like your teammates, but I guess you're always rivals. I, you know, I, genuinely, uh, I, I never like, never like thought like that in the dressing room. It was no? cause, cause mm-hmm. Probably because we knew each other from, like we ended, we played with Rovers under 14s as well. We went to the Milk Cup together. Really? It goes yeah, back like, that it goes back, I've, <laughs> Oh, I've, I've, I didn't realise yeah. that. Yeah. Take us back to that, sorry. So that's Tyler came as a guest player in the Milk Cup. I think you were at Shelburne at the you time. You know me, jumping around the club. Around <laughs> around it, must, that, that it must have been a bit of money involved. It must have been a little bit of money involved. We, we, <laughs> or at least milk. He yeah. came home with two liters from that tournament. <laughs> the cat the cream. Like. I scored my the only free kick I ever took in my career. I scored that. Yeah, up there. Yeah, against yeah. Derry. Yeah, against Derry. Yeah. 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 He was on a bonus. Yeah, he was on a bonus. Another one. Never took another one. Yeah, so we we, we played so play all the way I'll back to them. Picture. I'll, I'll, it's a home. I'll send it to you. Yeah. Later on, um, but I only saw it yesterday. Um, and we we played there, and 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 like probably because I knew him from then. Like never really was going. Oh, it's me or you or anything like that. We, it just was good that we, I think we we started your debut together down in Waterford, wasn't it? Yeah, that was my debut. Yeah, yeah, that was. Um, that wasn't the day everyone was chucked off. Yeah, the that was. Yeah. So was yeah. yeah, we have a message about that. In <laughs> yeah, like, that was it, the day we've yeah. talked about it a couple of times. We had Gerald in here going back and stuff, but that was your debut that day. That was my debut. Yeah, yeah, and Podge obviously was establishing the first team a good year before that. I'd say I went to the first yeah, division I'd, I'd and been, stuff. Yeah, I'd been there and I'd gone on loan at the beginning of that season mm. and and. Um, then I, I was kind of after breaking into the team after coming back from Kildare and uh, I tr- we trained the night before and Tyler didn't train so this is how I was in the pub the, it, <laughs> really? honest to god yeah yeah <laughs> I cut across here Pudge I was in the pub we mates on my second point and Dave Campbell ran me he was the 21's manager at the time and said um, you need to take the day off work tomorrow I was an electrician yeah. you take the day off work tomorrow you're, um, you're Pat wants you in the, in the squad and I was like oh god I don't know it's a bit late notice this and he was like, no, no, you're, you're playing. You're playing tomorrow. I was like, okay, yeah, ran home, straight to bed. And uh, yeah, the next day I got onto the bus carnage. I just got in, just kept my head down. There was just murder down the front of the bus. A few lads kicked off and then... What started it? I don't know. You're not to ask that. I, yeah. Nobody knows. The, but the, I, the, the night before, the night before like in training, um, 
So we we would have done specific training the same night before every game and and halfway through training it it hadn't something was going wrong it wasn't right and it just got called that was mm. it and I was saying to Tyler earlier on we were talking about it and I was raging because I was flying I was I was doing really well in training that night and was after scoring a couple in the in the, we used to play like a seven aside yeah across the pitch the lads that were involved and it was seven and a half minutes and it was complete murder yeah, ball yeah it was, it was intense. intense cool but the games would always they would always be nil nil or one nil and I think I was after scoring two with that night and I was flying in the first little half of thinking I could start tomorrow night now and you know and, and then training got cancelled and we're going back and obviously that's when Dyler got the call and this is genuine like and he says he doesn't know what happened I I, do, I wasn't on the bus I got on the bus in Carlo. Yeah, and uh, I sat. Eric McGill was was involved as well, and Eric said sitting beside me and don't say a word. So I just sat down. Was it a quiet bus? Oh yeah. Oh, no, I've never heard a bus like it in my life. I, I, so I've no idea what's happened, and and I will say this as well. Pat was unbelievable for my mm. career. I Can you talk about him actually? Because like, we'll yeah, 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 yeah. But it was just we went down to we went down to the hotel and and. That was it, Dyler was, I was like, I hadn't even seen Dyler on the bus at this stage. <laughs> so I didn't know where it was, yeah, yeah, he was playing. He was head down and just look out the window, lads. You were with yeah, the futsal yeah. the next day, because they were yeah, traveling. Were you traveling? to Vienna the Vienna next day. The next day. The so like, team, it was yeah. a big thing whether he was going <laughs> on to. The Saturday, on the Saturday. On the Saturday, yeah. So Saturday, I got yeah. back from Waterford or whatever it was, one the morning. How many points did you have on Thursday? Two point Thursday, wasn't it? That was the thing back then. But I wasn't supposed to be playing that weekend, like for anyone. There mustn't have been a 21s match at the time. That's probably why I was there. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. So what just, was the dress room like then that night? Do you remember? Uh, just I think it was just quiet and just make sure you win the game, and <laughs> and we did. We we won two nil. Um, I think Andy Myler scored the first goal. And, Andy and, Myler, oh yeah. So he's um, the rest is history. The, the rest the, is just history, on, yeah. on Pat Scully because he's kind of almost been airbrushed out of. A lot of people just don't remember. I think he ended up at Limerick, and that was it. He brought discipline to Rovers when it had been a rabble, and really like steadied the ship. What what was he like? I, I remember him as a player more so almost. I I loved Pat. Honestly, I lo- I loved him. I don't think any other manager would have done what he did in that first year in the in the first division. Because if Rovers Rovers had to get over it, and he did whatever it, it took to get over it, and I think there was I think there would be maybe I could have had forty five teammates that year. There was a was lot. Mad, there was yeah. a lot. Of te- there was a lot. But the pressure that was on Rovers to get up that year was mm. was huge. Mm. And um, I genuinely don't think any other manager could have done what Pat did. He he did bring a real professionalism to what was there at the club at the time it was obviously in transition from nearly going bust um and he gave me my chance and 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 i'll always be grateful for that i don't he, think he, if he gave yeah. me that chance we'll, 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 come, we'll come back to there is some questions related to that time in the mm. mail by johnny so if you don't mind we'll, we'll deal with them there but just to stick to like to go back to our team i mean so you're not rivals then in that sense is there a sense of pride then how you both did like i'm very <laughs> proud and look, yeah. the looks of the career pod just had 100 percent yeah like you always look out on the weekend we send the odd message over the years to each other congratulating each other on stuff and all so that's great. Like obviously, I'm very proud of the career I've had, and when he finishes, he should be exceptionally proud of the careers he's had as well. It's been um, been a great journey. Like it's got the career stats, as I said, are incredible. Like, and it's it's funny because you probably crept a little bit higher up the English ladder, right, in terms of getting to the championship. But then you have these moments Like you had a really good, like really good relationship at Newport. But you had these really big goals. Like it just goes yeah. to show there's all <laughs> there's all different types of success, if you know what I mean. Like yeah, so, like I think. Dyler hit everything at the right time. I think yeah. I just feel like he, he hit the ground running there straight away, uh, especially in the second season. That's when he got his, his kind of his big move off the back of that. And it was it's, it's just brilliant to see someone good doing well. 
you know what yeah. I mean? And, 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 and like I said, there is, we would have, we would have always kept in contact throughout the years when we played against each other. We'd always have those conversations after games and, and, I'd, I'd swap careers with Tyler right now. Yeah, I was one, has, well, he, has he changed much? No, never a bit. It's better looking, never Johnny. That's all. Yeah, mm, it's the exact same. Yeah. It's like, has he changed much? But I'd say you wouldn't mind. No, but it's the same fella. But I'd say you wouldn't mind yeah. some of his moments as well. Hundred percent. Man City, you know the FA yeah. Cup. Yeah. No FA Cup run. No, yeah. your like, FA Cup career is actually on your stats is like it's, it's non-existent. Yeah, yeah, it's non-existent. One match, maybe got qualified once. Awful. Like he's had an unbelievable FA Cup story. Like it's amazing. Yeah, no. It's a I mentioned the Late Late Show. Did, he, did you get mentioned the Late Late Show with Mick McCarthy one time? So, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, there was, it, was mad, it was madness. Like, after after the Leicester game, it, it was the busiest. I'm, I, my phone is like, the next day, everybody wanted to speak to me. Just Even one, the Late Late, or the, the 6 1 wanted to come out to my mum and dad's house and do something from there. I was like, no. <laughs> was there something about the Carlo aspect of that that really people saw? I think did, so. I think was there was something about that as well, too. Uh, like. I think it was just the uniqueness of it. It wasn't, you know, someone from Dublin or something like that. Um, you know, there, there's no, there's been no senior international from Carlo. There's, there's, um, little things like that so mm, I think that yeah. probably played a big big part because your it. parents would have been driving you up and down lots of stuff when you were yeah, younger like, I assume oh, when you were meeting him first the training and stuff like yeah. that it was every, every, they were doing the, the shuttle runs the whole well, time yeah, but, but the, the funny thing is my older brother was a, he was a year older he, he played with Rovers a year above me I think we could have I don't know whether we played a 21s game with the three of us my, my older brother but then my younger brother Who's playing for Carlo footballers now at the minute he was playing with Rovers so at one stage That's were, mad. they were mm. travelling up mm three, four, four nights a week just training before they got to the weekend and then Shoot. we'd play on a Saturday and he'd play on a Sunday so we were constantly going over and back. Like mm. the, the value of good parents for a young footballer like... Um, oh, without, without, without them, Especially I, without when them I couldn't have... I wouldn't mm. be sitting here right now because mm. they'd done everything for me when I was younger and I never wanted for anything and, and you know, they, without without the two of them bringing me everywhere, I would have had nothing. Why, why was it football then over everything else that you could have played in Carlo? I did play everything else. I was just playing under a different name. <laughs> <laughs> I, played, I, played in I played in the Leinster. I, I played minor Harlem at Carlo. I was playing with Shamrock Rovers at the same time in the first division. And I played under a different name for the Harlers <laughs> and didn't stand in the photos because I knew... I, like, I, I ended up... Uh, <laughs> That's mad. I, I there was a, there was a couple of, there was a couple of things that that the statute limitations in this no, stuff. No, yeah. no time has passed. <laughs> we be, we beat we beat um we beat off awfully in the Leinster semi final and I scored two four in it and there was a picture on the Irish Independent the next day on the front page and I wasn't supposed to be playing and it would turn up for training the next day and there was newspaper through in front of me going what's that I was like I don't know and it was <laughs> like you shouldn't mad. be playing I was like but you never said I couldn't play. Yeah, so I kind I, of played yeah. the dumb country fella. Like you'd know but that's like Johnny No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, I'm actually I know I know I know literally exactly what yeah. you mean. Well if you didn't say I couldn't do no, it. Like, you couldn't. Like, um, you didn't. So that that's what That's, that's the what second happened. best moment of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So um, I said I, I just said to Pat, like, we've got one game left. We've been playing Kilkenny and Croke Park in the Leinster final and it was like, you know, I'll just finish it off and play that. But I, I played I played I made my debut no, my second game for Shamrock Rovers was played three hours after I played against Wexford in the Leinster Championship. In, wow. And it was only, luckily, it was in Kildare, away to Kildare, I could make it. Did, it, did, did it matter that Carlo wouldn't be a powerhouse in terms of Gaelic, that you were necessarily, like, 
going towards the football side of things? Because no, I, I, I started I started with the hurlers earlier on that year. Mm. I played minor football and minor hurling with Carlo, and I started with the hurlers earlier in the year and didn't expect to break into the Rovers team. And they played they played the um, first game of the season that year. Was it at Dundalk? I think the Willie Doyle scored a last minute winner. Oh, was that in, in the first division? In Talca. In Talca, yeah, yeah, I yeah. remember actually the second that game. game yeah. my, my member debut against uh, Athlone. The next game and the following game was, and all of a sudden. I, this was true upon me that I was in the Rovers first team squad that I wasn't expecting to happen so I couldn't let down the the Carlo Hurlers who I'd been training with for three, four months and, and kind of I always wanted to play like I always wanted to be a footballer when I grew up that's all I wanted Why? to be I don't know just was it like Man United <laughs> Liverpool <laughs> 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 you know he was looking at Owen Doyle walking out of the milk cup for three, three layers in his bag <laughs> no, I just I don't know what it was, just, it just, was just, just that so was, was it that, that was your sport like yeah yeah, like. yeah that was me what were, you best, everything. what were you best at Harlan Harlan yeah probably yeah. really probably yeah because you don't get much of a you don't get much of a Harlan football crossover that's Shane Long Shane Long Shane Long um yeah, that's mad. Because the last, I think the last Harlan game I ever played was against Tipperary in the Ireland quarterfinal in Park Mar. I think it was Mark Emile. Scored a couple of points off. Him. Gee, that, like Dan, that, like, that might be nothing to you, Dan. That's actually bonkers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you're talking about one of the. What could you have been like? He's Playing for yeah. Carlo, yeah. What, what, yeah. What, what could he have been? Nobody. Playing for Carlo, what could he have been? This is the complexity yeah. of Irish sport, though. It's just like uh, Dan. Dan always slags odd, like it's. This notion of you can just transfer David Clifford to a, a League of Ireland team easily, and you can't. But there are so many players lost to other sports. That's just the nature of Ireland. No, I don't slag that. I just might, I, I know what you mean. I think like, the but, assumption is sometimes that like the intercounty players are so good that they could just take up football and all of a sudden dominate. And like that's, I mean, I'm sure someone I'm with, could transfer. I'm with you on that. I don't yeah. think it can. Yeah, it's not as easy. It's not as easy as just doing that. It's it. You can't just pick something up and just do it. Yeah, yeah. and you that played under to, that goes back to a legacy of the time in the nineties when Graham Garrity and Anthony Tull yeah. and a lot of the the, the the top players at the time like got trials with like Manchester United and Arsenal, which is insane when you think about it. But the English football infrastructure was a lot less developed, and now I think that's like cemented a perception in some people's heads now that like that some of the top intercounties would 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 actually breeze past like even League of Ireland level or something, which is. But there were it's only trials, nuts. like, and Dyler will tell you this. We've seen pad players who have ended up going on trials places when Go we've on. not when we've not gone on trials. Right? <clears throat> I don't. I never had a trial as a kid. No. Never. Um, Dyler probably had a few. I think you were. Yeah, had a few. Yeah. yeah. Well, was that was that because you were from Carlow? <laughs> no, because I was playing. In, I was playing in Dublin since I was eleven. I just wasn't. I wasn't he seen wasn't as just it, fully developed. Like he wasn't yeah. ready small. for it at that yeah. age, small, like yeah. that, at that young. Like you know, we that I've said Adam Rooney, Anthony Stokes. Well, like, these are all like top strikers. Every club in England wanted them at the time. Like you know, yeah, it's probably a couple. Couldn't of even get into the club forgot, team. Like, like, like yeah, yeah. 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 I'd say it was it was Billy Clark that age group as well. No, he's a year, no, older, he's a year older. older. Was mm. he? Yeah, because I mean, there was actually a lot of strikers in that in that bracket. But it's it's just funny. There's no you see it at the moment with uh, that generation of like Parrot and Aaron Connolly and Obafemi and all this. Yeah. Adam Ida has had a great weekend. You just never know. It could be actually someone. Not those four that we've mentioned that sort of goes yeah, on. Alan Judge was the other one. He so was Judge, yeah. Judge was small, but he was technically unbelievable. And and like you just they were what everyone Keith Tracy. They were the players that Key everyone Tra wanted. Yeah. They, they, they wanted um, from our age, and and it's probably the best thing probably for our careers that ever happened that we didn't go over that young because I was nowhere near ready. Yeah. And then when I did start here, I, by the time I did go, I played a hundred odd games. Like and you were probably the same. And in men's football that. Where it mattered what 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 happened, like you know the outcome of the game, really, really mattered. Yeah. Like and 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 
that probably stood to me going going further, and probably the GA stood to me in that sense as you well. You mentioned Keith Tracy, like like Keith will admit this himself. Some people go over loads of ability. He wasn't ready for going over to England. Like he kind of um, you know, he had a complex enough upbringing, and then he goes over just. So he was the worst, worst, worst person ever to send over to some alien environment in England. Maybe if you'd gone over to England early, from what you're a totally different character, it doesn't work out. Maybe you come back and you're like... I know I wouldn't have been ready mm. at 16 to go over the there. Same. Like, I was half a lunatic until I was 18. So, like, there's no way. I know if I was in England at that age, I would not have had a career in professional football. One million percent. Yeah. I, I, got 100, I wouldn't even have got as, made a, near the first team. You were half lunatic until you but were like just as a teenager. I was your typical teenager that'd be out drinking the fields and stuff like. Yeah. You know, I was like it was just like like Podge and some of my mates, like a few madmen in there. <laughs> like it's, it, it, I just know at that at that time in my life, I would not have been able to live over there. I just wasn't ready for it. Like the league here, the way my career went, that was the best for me to keep me as a good person, I suppose. Yeah, like that's hundred percent, hundred percent. Did Pat Scully helping the? Keeping you kind of sensible uh, mode then? Or? Yeah, well, Pat was, like, obviously very strict. You wouldn't know what you were going to get with Pat. You you do well. You turn up on Thursday for training, and you say, you have to train over there on your own. And you think you're not, oh, what have I done? And then you think, I'm not going to make the squad, and you're starting the next day. It's all mad stuff like that. You come in at halftime. The visual tail was getting lashed up in the air. Podge obviously played a lot more games from than I did. But, um... Maybe he just really liked me because he used yeah. to, like, like, he'd come out after games and speak to my mum and dad and stuff like that and he'd walk past board members and blank them. That's mad, yeah. We'd mm. speak to my mum and dad and I don't know whether that was just because we were... Well, you weren't very, I mean, I'm guessing like, you weren't causing them any, any no. hassle. No, you know, and that's, no, that's, mm. that's, probably, that's, probably, that's probably a big part of it, you know? But um, look, we're going to go to the mailbag now, but there's two, there's two stages to the mailbag. We need to go through some of the stuff from the week, but then we have, we have questions for... Uh, for Dyler and Podge as well. Podge, have, what do you mean? Are you Podge and Dyler? Is that what you call each other? <laughs> yeah, that yeah, yeah, Podge and Dyler. We've got questions for them as well. It's time for the all-new silk hand-stitch collar and cuff mailbag. Let's dive into those stylish electric telegrams while we're still young. Okay, so there is, I mean, it's just great having to chat with the lads and there's a, just a lot of things happening in the league last week as we as we know as well. So we had questions about that as well as a couple of specific comments. Ryan Colley, is there no way we can create a safe way to use Pyro in the league? Um, this is a good question and a good topic. Well, I mean, I, I, don't have the, on I don't have the expertise to answer that question. I don't think you want to take the atmosphere out of the grounds that is a selling point. But I mean, we had a lot of comments on this general theme and I'm just going to try to find a couple of them now like there was a comment along the lines of are we in danger of uh, yeah Jay Daly 91 is there a fear that League of Ireland self-destructs before it really takes off <laughs> you know I just like that actually yeah flares like protests etc you know with stadiums setting out where the new fans coming from like I hate the sort of won't someone think of the children stuff around this coverage like but in saying that like a player was hit you know, by a, by a firework the other night. And it's one of these things where you're that close to like something really bad happening. And if something really bad happens, you get hit by that sort of live line, you know, sort of Middle Ireland outrage thing, which takes off. But there's, there's a fine line between the two. Like I heard a debate on radio the other day about how, I think it was off the ball, the Sunday paper review, like how bad atmospheres are in Irish sport generally at a lot of the sort of big events and the League of Ireland has been held up as an example. And the FBI Cup final, people love it because you don't get that with that size of crowd, really, that tribalism. So that's a selling point. USP. It's a selling point. But 
how how quickly does that turn? Like if you have, I mean, I hate saying it, but if someone got really you know, sort of badly injured, you know, with an incident and you have the images of that, yeah, you see the YouTubers doing the clips and clearly there's a bit of a selling point in that Dan, stuff. there's clearly an allowance for it as well. It's like people are getting in red- readily with, with flares, but like the FEI probably thought at the weekend, okay, well, flares are one thing, but like, Dolly, you were at the match. It was mad. I was like, First of all, you're throwing flares on the pitch. Secondly, you're throwing flares at your own player. Thirdly, you're throwing flares at, flares at your own player twice. So I was like, I don't know, I don't know what this person or these persons uh, had drank before the game or what they were up to, but like, what were they thinking? Yeah, they're obviously in the middle of a protest, and mm. everyone's forgot about that protest now because of what mm. went on. Oh, yeah, I want to come back to that. Actually, yeah. So, but yeah, like it's, I'd, I'd be a fan of seeing the flares at it's the class. games. It's great. And like the FU, I have to be a little bit careful because I've seen them use pictures to advertise the league. And there's obviously there's smoky backgrounds and stuff, yeah. you know? So yeah. like it's a it's a touchy one for everyone. Like the, the obvious way to do it is try and make it a, like a safe pyro zone or something where they've got buckets of water beside them or something. I don't know. Like, yeah. you know, where he's like, lads, you have to lighter here. You've got a five minute window. Do it into the bucket. Gone. That type of thing. The fact that they're throwing them onto the pitch wasn't great. Like I brought me, I brought me kids, and me eldest wouldn't be great in crowds, and like he was, cr- he was actually crying when he's saying it. Like I think he's a bit of PTSD, seen a few things happen in England to me over the years, yeah. and stuff getting launched at me. He but was crying. He, uh, yeah, he wanted to leave and stuff. Yeah, like and we were Jeez, down, wow. we were, we were in the main stand, sat near the, the one of the, there's a bit of a bow section in that stand as well, but it was very like, it was a like it was literally one or two lads, and the bows fans were turning on them on themselves. They were giving out to each other over it. Like you could see, they were booing. They were booing themselves. So like, you need to be careful here. Like it probably was a couple of kids don't really know what they're doing. I hope that's the case. Um, but yeah, like it's tough. It feels sorry for Trotter. Like I don't think uh, when the, well, the league is yeah, so heavily so reliable. About, Pods, about yeah, that was an interesting. Uh, it was an interesting. I I mean I I honestly have no idea what the what the right uh, punishment for Bohemians slash the fans are. But now it's kind of weird that. Drawed are basically going to get like an uh, no away fan gate uh, at Weaver's Park. Yeah, no, th- that didn't look right either. I think if you're going to stop fans going to a game, surely it has to be a home game. Mm. Um, for I don't I don't know. Look, it's 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 difficult. Like Dyler said, to it looks really good when rack games. It adds to the atmosphere. What's it like as, as a player, player? Actually, it is, as a player, like obviously, I think Dan, you were on the Shelburne game for us. Yeah, it looked really good from both sides when. It really does add to the atmosphere and, and people are excited about it. But as Dyler said, like it has to be done in a, a safe way that, that nothing happens and throwing them is just like... Yeah, sure. just lastly on this time for yeah. me, sorry, like I do think the League of Ireland, this actually is genuinely part of, a big part of why the league is very attractive because the spectacle, like the game wasn't great at all Friday, Dyler, you'd admit. Some of the games aren't great. But you go to the Viva Stadium for the rugby, Ireland-Wales, the atmosphere, by all accounts, was absolutely rubbish. No colour whatsoever, nothing. You can go to a kind of run-of-the-mill League of Ireland game in a couple of grounds and the colour will stick with you for years to come if you're a kid. I genuinely think that it makes a massive difference and I think it's on social media, is selling the league big time. So I don't think there's an easy answer. No, there isn't. Um, and like the, the the punishment aspect is difficult because mm. Shamrock Rovers had the issue a couple of years ago where there was fireworks chucked at the players in, in Watford. Mm. There was a home stadium ban and then that was reneged. Um, that didn't go through. I mean, there's actually a weird way how it goes around in circles because Shamrock Rovers were then punished last year by the Drada ban that there was no Drada fans able to go <laughs> to Talaf because of their bad behaviour around the Dundalk game. Um 
and now it's it's gone around the other way and, and Drawda are going to be affected this time and uh, social media before I come out like Drawda is here now offering all these kids packages and are there going to be all these sort of Bose looking fans with a load of under 14s with them and going players. to the game <laughs> you know so um, I don't like um, I don't like stadium bands again as a concept really uh, unless you know I think with Drawda there was there'd been a couple of instances of games and, and clearly there had to be a strong sanction last week you have to send a message or you can't go down the road like deducting points or something for it to be uproar you can't do that okay so financial bans yeah they're effective to a point um, but it, it is a bit, is a bit bit of an odd one that the home club suffers Um but I don't know what the solution is. They want to do something as a deterrent, but every time they try and do something, there's a reason not to do that one. Well, that's a bit harsh. You can't do that. So there's no easy answer. I want to go to this Eric Dunnigan's message though, because I think this is actually uh, a relevant point. Uh, after the events in Richmond, very little mention of the protests against the FBI. Why are journalists so out of touch with the feelings among fans? Also very little report on the cup final. Tifo has been binned thousands of euros and hundreds of hours cut to a paragraph. And what I would say, Eric, is that there's actually reasons for that. If the flair doesn't hit the Bowes player last week and the game isn't stopped, then the protest actually would have been a big story. Mm. But the people who were there covering that game knew that what the story was going to be in terms of consequences was what happened with the Bowes fans. And unfortunately... It was so, choreographed Unfortunately, well. so it has proved. I, I'm surprised still that it didn't get... Mm. I was at Shells. Um, but again, you know different people covering the, the Pats Bowes game, you know, freelancers doing a lot of stuff, not necessarily their thing to do to sort of hone in on that stuff. And but from our vantage point, you couldn't see the Pats fans as much. The Pats display was quite pronounced, actually. Yeah, no, and, and I think it is significant. Like, there's obviously a movement and a feeling against the FBI, you know, like, we're not going to get on this road today, but they are obviously in the doll last week, and it's never a good sign when, when that's happening. The Bowes fans had a Sib2 related banner as well. But I think Eric's point, again, you know, the thousands, um, the cup final Tifos, you're right, Eric, but I think that was a story on the day last year, but after a, a cup final where you had a really good FAI cup final, you know, a record cup final attendance, a sellout, if all the headlines the next day had been about a fan protest being, people would have said, well, that's relentless negativity, you know, you know, f- mm. f- taking the focus away. But I do, I do see where he's coming from. Um, but I think maybe at another time the protest would have been the story, but a player gets hit by a flare. It's a different story. Declan Crosby has a message about reminds about your ticket price discussion last night upon leaving the family toilet in United Park. One of the arrivals was blocked before the match started. Facilities, facilities, facilities should be the mantra. With a few comments about Sligo Rovers pitch being poor, the Derry City injuries. We're waiting to hear Cameron Dummigan and Patrick McElhenney. Some suggestion may not be as bad as fear, but they're waiting on scans. But Watched I mean, the game on on Saturday. Yeah, Dan, it was just you were five minutes in. This is not going to be. But good it's early season. Stuff yeah, as it's well. the same as. Like, um, just, you know. Yeah, it's early season, and like I've been on to know Conley about Galway. The pitch is improving, but like the West of Ireland, it's very very hard for Sligo, and you know it's going to slow the yeah, game no, down. We, yeah, we're touching that. Uh, Keaton Utley, Bose fans are Marcus Poom, who gets a longer ban. We couldn't read all the Marcus Poom related comments, but I think people have seen the footage. Um, I'll be interested to see if there is some kind of follow-up to that because, again, we're in a league now where everything is caught on camera and if something like that is caught, you'd imagine it's been looked at anyway. Although, did the ref deal with it at the time? You know, does it go into report? I met some inquiries today, but we're going to see. Spur Spur at the moment, but he he needs to put all his hands up there, obviously. Kevin O'Hurley, is Johnny gutted? I love this. It's Johnny gutted that a Caulfield-led Galway beat his beloved Dundalk off the park on Friday. I, I love, um, yeah, I, I looked up Kevin just so I know where my enemies are. And I think he's a Cork City fan, actually, yeah. um, which is interesting. Um, 
as I was saying on LOI Spaces the other night or LOI Nate night, I was trying to watch the game in Oriel whilst watching what wasn't a great game in Chicago. You work on the paths. Um, I was, but like you can always, mm. I mean, you can always rewind, and you have I kind of two live games on the um, screen as well, so you can watch the. Did you do a good report on the game. It's a consequence. Uh, hopefully, I did. Um, RT might sack me. You know, who knows? Could be in the news. <laughs> but um, no, seven jokes. <laughs> Here's hoping. <laughs> um, I, want, I want you up in front of one of those committees, if possible. That would be actually very good. The, 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 Kevin's point, though, is isn't isn't necessarily misplaced in that. Like John Caulfield's reputation would be that, um, and he said after the game on Friday, I take it as a compliment that we're considered a physical team because that's on me, and I've no issue with that. But he said we also have good footballers. Dundalk on Friday, by all by the accounts that I heard. Try to pass the ball a lot in their own half. If they lost the ball with a high line, going United just hit them straight away with a ball over the over the top. A Durvin was playing on the wing, inverted into a winger. You're looking back on the XG of the game, Dan, just from the highlights. Going United were absolutely outstanding. Start the game with no stri- no recognizable striker, um, and did a job again on Dundalk for for they've beaten Dundalk 6-0 now on aggregate in the last two times they've met. And it could have been more, hit the post twice. Um so I I was amazed looking at the highlights to see the the football that Ed Irvin was playing, the the ball from Regan Donlan, and you got to remember with John Caulfield when John Caulfield had Cork City buzzing. That Cork City team, pound for pound, was as good a team as the League of Ireland has had when Johnny Maguire was at it, when they hammered Dundalk and Oriel and all that, and they can play dynamic football. But I did not expect that in Friday. Were you got it? So that's the question. Was I got it? I was absolutely good at it. Obviously, okay. no. Um, Gary, I I was I was. Thrilled to be very, very wrong. And I was very, very wrong. I was ver- wrong on every single game the other night. Every single game. If you were following my tips in the racing post, you'd never buy the paper again. Six jobs. Six jobs. Yeah. <laughs> Gary Clark, out of the current crop of League of Ireland strikers, we'll leave Podge out of this. Uh, who would Dyler have signed as his replacement at Pats? It's oh. a good question, Gary. I might give him the mailbag voucher for that. Out of all the strikers? Yeah. You think, imagine like you have it's a, just a blank checkbook. Yeah. Everyone's up. Yeah. I, I love Borky. Just as a finisher, I'm mad for finishers. Podge is a finisher, like, yeah. Um, is he a striker? Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think if you look at their team and if he's on the pitch, he's the one that has more chance of scoring a goal. Best finisher in the League of Ireland, nearly, yeah. He made a huge difference yeah. on Friday. Like, the, we haven't really talked about the game and talk, which I was at. I mean, like, now we're overs at the moment, and it is true, no one's going to overreact after last season. Um, and they are down a lot of players. You could, you could name almost an 11 of players not in the pitch, but they started so badly on Friday. And Stephen Bradley, uncharacteristic enough, publicly went through the back three afterwards. Hoare, um, Cleary and Grace. Jarvis was excellent. Shells just kept finding space all the time in the same place. Um, and having seen Shells play against you in the open night, like, you know, they were slow out of the blocks in Waterford. This was the absolute opposite. But then Sean Hoare went off and I think it was an enforced injury. But all of a sudden, Graham Burke comes on and Rovers are a different team. Can I, can I defend myself a little bit here? And I had Nathan Murphy, if you're listening in, we had a massive spat in week one where he's like, Graham Burke, ah, he's in and out of games. He's, you know, he's inconsistent. I'm like, what? Like this, this is such a good footballer. He has to be playing. Give him the ball anywhere. Okay, so so what happened? So Graham, so Graham Burke came into the game and all of a sudden there was just space opening up for and Dylan Watts got way more involved and Rovers were actually very good for most of the rest of the game. Tyler. It just goes yeah, to, it just goes to the point. Jack like, has to still come into that team yeah, and another, yeah. another player that can open things up for you. And yeah, Borky, look, he's just a little touch of class above, I think. Um, 
as finished as goal, he's as, as good as you're going to see in the Who's league, your definitely. second choice if there is one? Well, obviously, Keaton. Like, exceptional. He's got that many goals for a team that went struggled, down last struggled year. Struggled, I felt, on Friday night now. Oh, but it's not his fault. It was yeah. like he was up there in his own. There wasn't really mm. much coming into him and stuff. And um, But yeah, no, I think he'll 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 be good for Pats, definitely. So F1 Keen, happy to pay the extra few. Read Aspie's conversation on ticket prices. Happy to pay the extra fee euro for tickets if it was ring fets for facility development rather than paying for another player to bulk out the squad. It's a good point. I'm not sure how the players would respond to that situation. I'm in the wrong company for that one here, I think. <laughs> um, well, was, was Friday's win the highlight of Duff's time at Shells? Yeah, I mean, they had never beaten them. How much is a scoreboard and clock likely to help a team? I don't know if you heard this. Damien yeah. Duff was speaking last week about how the players in the dressing room had said there was no clock. Um, and that that was actually you know, constantly, I suppose, asking the ref. And but it was funny because it ended up being the the ultimate. I can imagine from the player the ultimate clock watching game because you're hanging on, and it, it actually for froze. It minutes. froze at one point in the first half for a couple of minutes, and you're thinking, "Geez, this first half will never end here." But I mean, the second half was one of those. If you're a Shells fan, you're probably looking every two minutes at the clock going. And I assume players on the pitch. If you're if you're hanging on in a game, and if there's a scoreboard, I mean, are you tempted to sort of look at it and see what's left or? Yeah, yeah you follow it all the time, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, go back to the FA Cup games. Like, oh, the, yeah. clock, the clocks were on the side sideline for us, and we could, we could see them, and we broke the game down into kind of 10-minute periods, and it was like, when we playing the Premier League, keep it nil-nil for as long as possible, get 10 minutes, get 20, get to half-time. And then you, you do the same later on, and, and you, you always just keep an eye on it. And it's, look, it's, it's easier than, depending on the position you are on the pitch, than... Trying because you might not be able to get to the referee to ask what's left there. You just have mm. a little quick look and you go, oh right, it's only ten minutes. Right, we can actually that gives you a little bit of a of a boost if it is only ten minutes and you are holding on or you are one little opportunity up. You're going right, we're nearly there, nearly there. So I think it is it will have a big big advantage. But are they hanging on, Dan, or do they deserve? To uh, no, they. It's one of those where they're hanging on, but there was actually two big chances in injury time or the sort of last five minutes of normal time injury time where. Like football is a great one. Like the winners write the history. Yeah. Like Shells held out for the win. Now Aaron Green was unmarked from a corner and should have scored. Karen's made a good save. And there was another similar chance to think Gaffney. If that goes in, it's like Shell set pieces. Geez, they didn't see it out. So it on those things it can turn. But um they had chances on the counter at two one. Um like it was a really enjoyable game. Very, very briefly. Like, like a really enjoyable game. Paddy Barrett fan of the show, but Centre-back went down a little friend easily. Friend of the show. It was a fan yeah. of the show. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Yeah. Lee Grace, Paddy Barr, two strong men went down a little. I don't know. Would I? Would it's title to go down inside that box. That's how I'd look at things. Like, like Lee Grace play, has play, always fall. plays on the edge. Maybe he gets away with it a bit. If it was outside the box, would you give a free kick? It's well, it, That doesn't really matter. I'm just no, not sure. It's 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 no, I, I know exactly what you yeah. mean, but I don't really think that's... Uh, he, I think he hooked him a bit early and he went down a bit after the contact. But you can argue that the initial contact... I think Paddy with the thickest Waterford accent ever and the thickest Carrick and Shore accent ever just having a little conversation there it would have been interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Jamie, uh, Milky Way bar or bounty? Jamie always has a chocolate question every week. Milky Way for me, so. Milky Way or bounty, lads? Any strong Bounty. There's more yeah, of it. like a bounty, yeah. Really? Yeah, there's yeah. more of it. Really? More yeah. of it. It's the start. So, so if, if, if there's a box of celebration yeah, there, would you straight in for the bounties? Yeah. You'd go yeah. for the bounty. Oh, 100%, 100%, yeah. Yeah. I what? think it gets yeah. a very, very harsh yeah. uh, record. Well, I'll tell you, my, my mother is the only person I know who likes bounties. So every Christmas, like around 28, 29, she just gets like just filled with sort of bounties, yeah. bounties and send them up the road. Like. It's great because there's always loads of bounties in it yeah. as well, isn't it? So, my God. Yeah. 
Yeah, oh yeah, bounty all day. I'm, I'm I shocked like by bounties, this. but Milky Bars, Milky Bar, Milky Bars, and I like Derek's bounties. Well out, so well out we're, we're with the Milky Bar. Jamie, good, um, good question as ever. Now we ha- we, ha- we have the we have the mailbag section for the lads. Carl Coleman. Um, so he has a photograph because we posted a photograph of you. Uh, I think it was daughter after scoring a goal a in daily event, yeah. and it was yourself and actually Sean O'Connor running away. Hard to believe uh, that for a lot of 2008, when that picture was taken, we were training in Stanaway Park in Crumlin. Pat Scully is the manager at the time and was driving a taxi. So after games on a Friday in Talca, he would go and do a night shift in the taxi and have us all in for the warm down on a Saturday at 8am in Stanaway Park. Mental when you look at where the club is now. Is that amazing? Yeah, amazing. Yeah. They're obviously going through the wards at the time with <laughs> the stadium and all that carry on. And like obviously me and Podge forced cut our teeth in Talca Park like well we, we, both was played in the the first game in Talla um, I didn't I did you not play that no I left out of squad did you yeah yeah am I calling you yeah no way how long um, after did you leave was the, the, end, the end of last oh, season the end of that the season, of that season yeah. oh, I, I, I left I, I, in the I middle played, of that I season I against um, Jolda the following week I came off the bench against Jolda and scored um, that's probably the one John Martin was talking about no, when yeah, he crossed yeah. it yeah but yeah, I, I John Martin did ask who set up your first goal, wasn't no, it? No, was Jamie, uh, mine was at um, Finn Park, I scored Jamie Duffy set it up. But that, that um, the first game with Tala, like, I was devastated that night because when I started playing with Rovers under 11s, I remember the sod was kind of turned on uh, Tala Stadium. Mm. And I remember thinking, oh, that'd be a nice story the whole way. This was obviously years later when I broke into the squad and we looked like we were going to be playing there and... The squad got, and I was watching from the stand that night. I was, How I was did there. he tell you? Michael O'Neill, yeah. It just, the squad was announced, I wasn't in it, that was it. There was no, why would he have to tell me? I was only 19, so. No, but you expected to be. I played, played the previous week in a pre-season friendly and scored, but I knew, I kind of had a feeling that he, uh, there was just, because Gary was just, like, Gary Twig was just after coming in, and Desi, Desi, Desi had just Porcel gone. Was doing yeah, the reason Desi just had a, a complete, when he was there with Pat and then when Michael came in, genuinely Desi was the best player in training. Mm. Um and he'd tell everyone as well. <laughs> um but he was just the two of them that just linked they linked up so well together. This, this is Desi Baker. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. And I'm I'm also interested, right? What's that feeling like when this is my club and I've been here so long, but I'm in a very lonely, cold place watching horrible. Horrible. Just so like I hated it. I think I actually think we the second game could have been against Bray actually. Right away, yeah. And I didn't wasn't in the squad for that one either. And then the third game I think it was in the squad, but Do you cheer on a goal? Yeah, you have to, yeah. I was a fan like. Do you know I was buzzing? Gary scored the first goal there. Um delighted we won the game. Obviously you you're just waiting for your chance then and luckily when we played Jordan in the third game I scored, but like that was that was kind of when it kind of kicked on in a little bit more for me, but it was impossible to break through Twiggy and, and Desi's partnership, the two of them were just unbelievable together. Just one last thing on that, uh, you mentioned where it was in Stanaway Park, yeah. yeah. And I think we should never forget the people who will never be um, thought of or remembered who kept League of Ireland clubs going when they're just forgotten about now as Rovers go on and win all these things. People who literally just kept the show on the road. People kept the show on the road. houses now to keep that yeah. club alive. Like, in, like after that, we were, in, we were in Sacred Heart and Killing Arden training before. Um, the lead up to the first game in the stadium was Sacred Heart um, yeah, and obviously Stanaway Park before that crazy Wesley times College like, as well, wasn't yeah, it? Wesley you College Wesley we trained College, in for yeah. a while yeah. it's crazy times for the club like, and to look at them now what, 15 years on to see what they're, what they're doing like, they have that road, road stones to base that's probably not even big enough for them anymore 
can imagine like the, especially with the women's teams coming in and the, the academy teams doing so well it's, uh, it's remarkable to see the growth of the club yeah yeah Thomas Tormey on that my abiding memories of both involved in Park Podge scoring his first senior goal in front of the low, lowest Rovers away support this century brackets 23 on a Tuesday night in the first I division that, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, we, beat, we beat them 1-0 yeah and you scored and um, that's, that's your away, first yeah. senior goal first senior goal yeah first of many first of hundreds yeah, yeah. and daughter standing out in the last game of the 2008 season because he actually tried and ran around there we go I remember that well. it was that against it's I don't remember well it was up in Finn Park. Park oh sorry yeah we that got, was the worst pitch I ever played on yeah. in my, my whole career yeah. we went up and we walked out and it was the last game of the season both teams nothing to play for and the ref said listen lads this just has to go ahead you just have to do it like you couldn't get the ball out of your feet and stuff. It was, it was crazy. Yeah, it was, it was horrendous. Game should yeah, never have been played, yeah, but yeah. obviously because it was the last, last game, game of the season, season we need to get things done. It was done, yeah. Uh, Paddy Daly replying, can you ask Dyder, can he hop into Scholars and sign his bleeding jersey that's been hanging up there for the last 10 years? <laughs> no problem, yeah. Uh, that's He's no called problem, you out there. Yeah. Where's Scholars? It's up in just between Fairhouse and Ballycullen. There you go. Near the old mill. JMG, ask the lads to tell us some good cookie drinking stories from their time at the Real Rovers. Good God. Almost at the hour mark here. You need another hour for this. I've heard a lot of cookie stories from you. Yeah, yeah. What, what about what was your experiences with him like, Podge? Just he used to say it to me every time he'd play when he was Sligo manager and I was playing for Shamrock Rovers. I used to score against him all the time, and he used to threaten to sign me each time. And then eventually it happened, and he said to me, "I'm signing you, so you can't score against me." And but it was just brilliant that time there. It was like. Super Sundays, wasn't it? You'd, you'd play on a Saturday night at home, and and we'd all <laughs> meet on the Sunday at twelve o'clock and watch the, watch the football games. And but then it was like we all lived in the one village. Mm. You weren't living. To, were you, you lads never lived across the road? You were the one living next. Uh, Owen lived next, next door yeah. to him, but you were separate. Yeah, I, was, I was with um, a couple of the other lads, and and then it was a case of up into the to the village for like twelve o'clock, watch the football, and and there was like I think it was only one rule. It was like you were left by six o'clock, and no one going into town. Mm. And yeah, did you stick to that? <laughs> so we're all <laughs> cookies pre seasons are really, really hard. Like they're very, very physical. Like and you, and then when the season starts, you don't actually train much. No. It's just shape and stuff. Yeah. And everyone's raw. Like on a Friday night, Saturday night, you're ready to go. Like everyone's fresh all the time. We we're always really fit teams. And like that was the same when I played from in England. So you get through pre-season, there'd be no carry on, no drinking or anything, and then yeah. they played the first game, and he's like, right lads, playing Saturday night, Sunday, everyone outside the booze are, the minute it opens, <laughs> it's, it's like we're outside waiting for it to open, right, 20 lads bouncing, carry on all day, like, Gar McCabe is robbing the remote and putting on the dirty channels and hiding, and the, the locals are going crazy down there, it's just madness, um, 6 o'clock comes, or for half 5, and Cookie shouts out to everyone, everyone home for 6, or uh, he's all find 100 quid. Richie Ryan turns around to him, screamed in his face, laughing. Gaffer, I'm going to town. <laughs> so all of us, like, yeah, come on. He's like, listen, it's 100 quid if you go to town, no problem. So we're all on to town. And the next day, everyone's in bits. <laughs> everyone's in bits. Next thing, the phone had ring. Uh, Cookie, have you got your 100 quid? No, go to the bank, meet me in Lab Brooks. <laughs> You go up, you meet him in the, you meet him, you'd gamble the winner. If it, if it won, if it won, you split the winnings. If it lost, unfortunately, off you go. What a man. Like, I've never met, I've never, he's <laughs> the only person where, like, you'd run through a brick wall for him, you'd do anything for him, and at the same time, he could be your mate like that. It's a, it's a very unique thing he has. Like, he's just brilliant. You'd be happy to give him the winner, like. And know? still going, and still going. And, like, oh, and the, Chesterfield yeah, 20 and clear. Just like, and just, I say this often, like, He's been sacked once, Ipswich. No manager stays in football for whatever it is, 20 years straight, consistently. Yeah. No, no one. No matter what level you're at, he's incredible. He knows football so well. 
like uh, never seen nothing like him. Yeah, I mean, Conor Lynch did have a more serious, you know, the trajectory of both Owen and Porg's career changed after his spells with the Bitter Red. What significance did he each place in their time at the showgrounds? I guess we've sort of answered that in a way as we've talked. Ask Owen about the impact Jim Lachlan had on him. This is, uh, this is the Men's Health magazine stuff. Yeah, wasn't yeah, it? he was huge to me. Like, he was the first proper professional I've ever yeah. came across. You, Tim, yeah, 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 Scottish defender. Yeah. Scottish yeah. Scottish he used to write everything down in a little book what you'd eat yeah. every day and he was, he was brilliant. He was brilliant, yeah. And he'd, he'd like, tell you how to do it and stuff and just help you out and just the you know, ultimate, ultimate pro like and yeah, we just latched this, onto the back of that. It's just coming in my head there but in terms of you weren't living together at Sligo, would Cookie choose who was living with who for... No, no. It was, no that no, was no, decided by the... your own thing. Okay. You, you were there just... Yeah. You had signed the previous summer, I think you, yeah. you okay. left. Okay. So it wasn't like keep two strikers living apart or anything like that. No, like, God, no, no, no. Strike, no. So no. we would have been mates, like, you yeah. know. like mm. he, Cookie would have uh, came into the house to ask me about signing Podge. What'd you say? He, he, Cookie was brilliant when it came back then. It was came, coming to like, um, how we're going to win the league. And he'd say, right, I know I'll get 10 goals from you on the wing. If you get Podge in, do you reckon you get me 20? He said, 100%. And then he was signing Joey and Doe. And he's like, what do you think? I said, you have to sign him. Like, this is, and he'd be talking to the other lads in the brilliant, like, just, yeah. just amazing, like, the way he does things and how he analyzes, how he analyzes things. Podge would not to score 20, I think, by the summer. And I, I would have hit the double figures, I'd imagine, from, the, from out wide. Yeah. I mean, it, it was football. And like, but as a club, like, why do you think it worked at the boat? You came out of that Dublin cycle was it just I don't know was it being away in a different sort of environment is it more professional compared to being around your mates or something you know what I mean at home or like why was it that, that club just seemed to, to work for you probably because of the manager I'd say probably the way he set things up and probably the personnel that was around um, yeah. like he brought Joey and Joey changed everything up there mm-hmm. um, changed the way we played because he just had that little bit of everything about him um, he could he could do anything with the football, and he played in that number ten position. And at, but I think it coincided with like Richie Ryan had had really got his head on that time, and he, it was just lads just seemed to click, and everything just seemed to work. And we went through um, with like that was the the beginning of it all, really. I know you got beaten the cup final the previous year, but that kind of kick started everything once once you had that little taste of it and. It was just a really, really close group, I think, um, and really good players like Gary McCabe was up there, who was doing really well. Yeah. We just created loads of chances, and I think that was it. You were bound to score goals if you played as a striker up there because the amount of chances that were created. Joey, the best player you played with? Um, no, he was unbelievable. I played with a player in Portugal, Pizzi Fernandez. He um, he ended up playing for Benfica. We actually, it's funny, we the sporting director. Um, of the club I joined over there he used to bring me out for food every now and again and uh, just before the transfer window closed in January it wasn't you don't have to worry about this transfer window you were alright this <laughs> PTSD time PTSD here yeah um, <laughs> he was in a car at the yeah, time we had, um, <laughs> like Larry Duff except during transfers <laughs> he was he was on loan for Braga and uh, we'd agreed to sign him on a free transfer as long as no one came in on the last day for him but in, in the week leading up to the game or two weeks leading up to the game we played um we played Sporting Lisbon away and we played Braga. I think he scored two in one and two in the other. And Braga were like, right, he's not going. And then last game of the season, he got a hat-trick away to Porto and ended up moving to Atletico Madrid for like 25 million at the end wow. of the season. But What's we, his uh, name, sorry? Pizzi Fernandez. But we'd agreed to sign him on a free, apparently. Um, oh, God. And then he ended up moving for 25 million three months later. Amazing. So Different that's game. football, how it, how it changed. But he was he was unbelievable. A few quick ones. Jared Kelly, I don't know, is that your... Um, Amon Dodder Valley cult hero. Yeah. What's that about? That's where Rovers used to play, wasn't it? When they were, no, Dodder Valley's where Rochi lives. 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That was yeah. I used to I used to live with Jonathan Roach. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. I was in Diggs there and. Uh, Used to see Tyler popping every now and again into that estate. And I used to wonder why Kira used there, to live there. Yeah. Ah, okay. I used to wonder. I could see this blonde girl used to walk around there. And next minute, Tyler was floating around and put two and two together. And yeah. What did you get? The rest is history. Unfortunately, history. Kira's listening in. Yeah. yeah. Hi, hi, Kira. Uh, Doyle, why do you prefer artificial grass? It's a question from Jared as well. Artificial grass. I don't know. I thought this I was a gag. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's going on. So it's some family in joke here. I don't yeah, know what's yeah, about. Yeah. Dane Massey. Have uh, you heard of Dane Massey? Have you heard of him? Yeah. Uh, is that Guinness tapping daughters tapping full flow now he's retired? Yeah, it's fairly lively now. Yeah. Yeah. It's I'm enjoying myself a bit. You have yeah. a bit of a yeah. home. Yeah. Do you remember we, we went uh, after one picture, went for points chain? You were very quick to get the Guinness Zero glasses anyway. Yeah. No comment. No comment. <laughs> Pod, a couple of blues blues for Europe. Only had one. Blues for Europe. And Adam, what are the expectations for Waterford this year? Surely better than just survival. And then just a question, and I guess you're going to get asked this a lot. Like, how does the standard compare now to when you left in 2010? And how does it compare to sort of the levels in that you've played in England in the league um, at the moment? Yeah, so I think it's, it's, I think the intensity over here is, is, is probably Dylan might agree with me on this. I don't think it's as intense, but. It's very hard to judge what the standards like purely because there's not that much travelling over here. There's 36 league games, then plus the cup, but you yeah. straight away flip into a, a League 2 or League 1 season or championship, there's 46 games, there's more cups. The travelling is mental over in, in, in the UK, like especially depending on where you are. When I was at Exeter, we, we had seven and eight hour just to get to a game, then come back as well. And that was on a Saturday. You could have a game on the Tuesday away as well. So it'd be interesting to see what way the Irish teams would you know, do technically they're all very good over in Ireland. Um, Are they technically different now th- compared to compared when to what away? it was? Yeah, I, I feel like the big thing that's surprised me is like the size of centre halves. Yeah, and I left like it was obviously Aidan Price, Ken O'Man, Jason McGuinness, um, Dan Murray. There's very few that are six foot four centre halves now. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, they're, they're every everyone's trying to play football now as well, and not that we didn't play football back then, but it was obviously a different time as well. Um, so the physicality of it is is uh, is a small bit different. But um, has the league lost something in that respect? Then, like, uh, maybe, maybe. But then the other side of it is again, if if every team is is you know trying to play attractive football, is that is that is that you know, compensating or, from mm. it and making the, the product more enjoyable in the sense of that's what people all want to do now because of probably what like Pep has done, Pep Guardiola has done over in mm. in, in England with City and like they've been Spain with uh, Barcelona. Everyone wants to play that way now. And Did you find that title when you came back that it was like centre-backs had changed a bit? Oh, 100%, yeah. It's just the athleticism. Massive difference in athleticism between the standard in England and over here. Um. I don't think the league's lost anything. I think, if anything, it's a better product on the eye now to, mm. to look at and stuff more. The games are more enjoyable. Um, but yeah, like, it's definitely a, a difference in, in physicality. Yeah. And there's now, like, whatever about Podge is saying there about big centre-backs, there's, there's very little big strikers. No boy, he's big and physical. Um, but there's very... Um, big man that draw that pair, maybe. But Piero, you see Asamoah... Yeah. I know he's a winner. He was taken off in the first game because he was deemed too physical. But you see you see Asamoah, um, Melise Asamoah, in, in the first game, the mm. goal for three minutes for Waterford. And again, it was Power. Like, wow. Yeah, and I think I think maybe clubs here and now are probably looking at it and going, if they're bringing in lone players, they're like, what do we need? What what do we not have here? And you see some players that have made an impact, some of the wide players, like Jarvis in particular. There's just certain... 
players mm. with attributes that suddenly you think, yeah, mm. you know, and it's oh, and it, pace kills everything. Mm. Yeah, if you if you if you've pace on the wings as a as a central striker, you kind of you can almost be playing offside all the time because the ball's just gonna be played mm. on the side and you can be ahead of the, the center the center half straight away, but. Yeah, Malise's pace is is unbelievable. It's a great out ball as well for teams when they have someone like that, um, because it does allow you to go that little bit longer, stretch the game in behind, and then open up the space for players to to drop into pockets and get on the ball then and and start to create uh, cause havoc between the de- midfield and the defense. How good are Watford actually? Blues for this was a blues for mm. Europe because I was looking at your your CV and actually the one thing that was missing was it both of you. You had your European appearances when you come back. And you'd like to just play in Europe, I'd say, is one thing yeah. that you just sort of missed out on a little bit. Yeah, but, yeah, just just missed out on them. But yeah, um, Blues for Europe, you know. Look, it's very early days. Yeah, I think. I mean, look, the 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 start of the season has been very good for us. Um, it was important, I think, to when there was a feel good factor around the club getting promoted. Um, it was important that the first game against Shells was, you know, that the, the supporters seen us give everything on the pitch. Um, and and we were probably full value for a point, if not maybe if we could have held on that little bit longer. Um, and the point against Shells looks really good now off the back of Shells at the weekend. And obviously then we we got that first win against uh, against Draw the the weekend as well, which was a, which was a brilliant performance from us. So yeah, look, hope we're heading to Galway this weekend, and hopefully we can you know keep the momentum going. Um, and then back into a home game next Monday and. You know, it's nearly, yeah, it's yeah. Nearly, nearly sold out already for next Monday, which is brilliant. To get it's like to have yeah. stuff like that. Mad stuff. And, 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 the reality, and the reality is, like, I mean, I'm going to be a bit facetious about the message, like, staying up would be a good year. I mean, do, do we know that for a newly promoted club, but you have to you have to have your own targets. But yeah, we have uh, our quiz matters to deal with uh, before we finish. Um, so last week's question uh, related to 10 years ago on... Last weekend, which club had the biggest home attendance? And a lot of people got the answer was at Lone Town, which is crazy really to think that it was a game against Shamrock Rovers. I think it was maybe the attendance was like 1,600, 1,700. And 10 years ago, and when you two boys were away, like that would have been the biggest crowd on a weekend um, of league games, which is sort of unthinkable now that you'd have too many Premier Division games this year that would even have 1,500, 1,600 at it. You will have later in the season, no doubt, um, but yeah, Athlone was the answer and David Butler was the winner. So David Butler, you have the guided tour of Rascals Brewery. Now, this week's question. Um, what do you got? Well, I mean, this is... Surely it's true to the team. True to the team, it is. It's related. Which former Sligo Rovers player... I mean, these lads have scored a lot of goals in English football, right? There's no doubt about that. They've both broken the, the century. Which former Sligo Rovers player has scored over 350 goals in English football. So there we go. No guesses, no nothing. That's the question. Get your guesses in to add LOI Central pod on Twitter or on Instagram and there's a, a guided tour of rascals for the winner. So this week's games, what have we got? Podge has already mentioned his double header, Galway on Friday. And, uh, Top home. of the table clash As Alan Rillan said last weekend Bohemians Dundalk uh, Slugger over is Shelburne Derry City St. Patrick's Athletic um, Shamrock Rovers obviously draw the United On Monday Shelburne hosts Go United uh, Watford, You'll be there I will be there Watford mm. v St. Patrick's Working for RT actually I think Monday um, Watford St. Pat's Dundalk Slugger Rovers Draw the Bows And the little matter Of Shamrock Rovers Derry City Should mention Dundalk as well Martin Connolly Leaving the club 
um, sort of I think it's happened quite quite suddenly there. So um, I didn't know that. Yeah. So um, it does it does seem like the new owner is. I suppose is 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 making making changes there. So I'd imagine that'll be a, a talking point locally. But some nice messages I see from Martin from sort of people other clubs around the league. He's been a big fixture there. But I suppose new ownership are gonna are gonna make changes as the, as they see fit. So that's something that has uh, has happened. First division. Yeah. Best luck to uh, Martin. I, I must mention Mark Conley as well, who um, put up a photo of him, Mark and Van Dyke. Um, there he's like, yeah, gotta be touch tight. When I was thinking of lads who are playing Gaelic and shouldn't have been, and vice versa, because um, he revealed on the show that he was obviously he played the and minor also there's been a couple Richie Foran did it at mm. one stage going Diddy Corcoran there's been there's been a couple Richie Foran I think came home from Scotland and got in trouble with Terry Butcher I think at one point <laughs> that that rings a bell yeah first division hell of a fight as well between those two <laughs> first division um so we have Cork City UCD Bray Longford Town uh, Finn Harps Athlone Town Kerry against High Flying Treaty Hopefully the the weather is a bit more benign and carried. Did you yeah. see some of the, yeah, and yeah they still haven't got mad. their home win in the league. I know we actually mm. had a mailbag comment about a very unhappy. Uh, we didn't do a lot of referee stuff, but I know Kerry felt hard done by in that game. Wexford v Cove. That's it, Dan. There we go. It's been really good bringing the lads, bringing the lads back. Do you enjoy together. it, Doyler? Ah, yeah. yeah, love the podcast. Yeah, it's always great yeah. talking about yourselves. Yeah, well, you got to talk about pods yeah, for some of the time. Pod for a bit, yeah. Yeah, um, it's good that like they just haven't changed apparently. Either, which is pretty. Well, I mean, good. it is like I, I do. Ch- I'm sort of labouring the point, but uh, I think at the moment, uh, even though the league, like, we were talking off air, Podge about like Romeo Akatriku, what a great talent he is, and there is a sense now that maybe um, post Brexit things have changed. Look at how like Sam Curtis was on the bench at the weekend, and maybe the the Anthony Stokes of the of the of the of the today's generation would probably be the lads who are breaking into the League of Ireland teams at 16, 17 now. But where what happens to the lads who are the next ones down at that stage? And that's a big debate over the third tier or where do they go to get their football? Because, you know, th- th- there are probably people now who might see Mason Media playing or see whoever it is playing Romeo and think, Jesus, it's not, it's not happening for me. But actually they could be the ones. And like we have to sort of, the late developers as much as it's great that the best players are in the League of Ireland, we have to be careful of the late developers too and where do they go to play their football, you know? Mm. So that's the thing. But I think the two lads here... Late developers. Show what can be done. Yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, you can just rock up to a game now and the Liverpool lone E is just taking someone out and that's it it's on a Friday night it's completely mad League of Ireland's in a great place thanks very much to our sponsors Future Ticketing Rascals Brewery and Ninja Core and Decky's Collar and Cuff 